Hello and welcome to Let the Record Show, a Civia Law podcast. I'm Callie Mize, attorney at Civia Law, where we help you through life's transitions. Today, I'm going to talk about estate planning when you have children going through their own personal struggles. But first, just a reminder, if you have any questions about this topic or anything regarding estate planning, probate, and more, you can visit our website at civialaw.com for our blog and more resources to help you. So let's dive in. I think we all hope that our children grow up to be healthy, kind, self-sufficient, and responsible adults. But what if that is not the case? What do you do if you are estranged from one of your children? Or what do you do when you have a child struggling with addiction? What if they're just really lousy at life? What options do you have for dividing your estate that involves a problem child? So in a nutshell, there's two things you can do. You can disinherit them, meaning they receive nothing under your estate plan, or you can put them in your estate plan with or without some special restrictions, which we'll talk about. First, let's talk about leaving them out of the will, or as we say in the legal profession, specific disinheritance. By being specifically disinherited, the problem child is treated as having predeceased the testator, the person making the will, and they are ineligible to receive anything under the terms of the will. You can also choose to disinherit their entire branch of the family tree, meaning their kids, their kids' kids, etc. Or you can choose to skip over the child and split their share with their children. So, for example, Mary has three daughters and one son. The son, John, is in and out of prison. He's threatened Mary before, and he and Mary don't talk anymore. John has two kids from his first wife, Jake and Joey, who are both in college and doing well and who have a great relationship with Mary. Mary doesn't want John to have any part of her estate when she's gone, but wants to make sure that Jake and Joey get something. In this example, what I would do is specifically disinherit John, but not disinherit his descendants so that Joey and Jake would be able to inherit from their father's share of Mary's estate. So now let's say that John, Jake, and Joey all have issues with Mary. What I would do is specifically disinherit John and his descendants. Keep in mind that if your relationship improves with your estranged child, you will have to make a new will or trust if you wish to include them. Telling your executor or writing it on a post-it note and stuck to your will is not going to cut it. Believe me, I've seen all this. Once you pass, the will as written and executed has to be followed. So there's no room for, for changing it up unless you go to an attorney and get a new will drawn up. Another situation I see a lot is when children are struggling with drug addiction, and this one has definitely been on the rise in the last, probably the last decade. This one is tough because not only is it hard to see your child struggling like this, but it also may make some people wary of just handing over all or part of their estate to that child who may or may not go out and use the money to feed their addiction. So what can you do? When drafting any estate plan, you have to choose how you want each beneficiary's share to be distributed. The choices usually are either outright or in some sort of trust. If you choose to distribute the money outright, there really are no safeguards or checks and balances on what your beneficiary can and can't do with the money. And once they've got it, it's theirs. Or you can put their share into what's called a general needs trust. Essentially, what a general needs trust does is hold that beneficiary share in trust for their general needs, meaning that it can only be used for their health, education, maintenance, and support, 
and the trustee has oversight and discretion over all distributions. You can even go deeper into this and restrict what amounts of the trust are available and at what intervals. Additionally, I've seen provisions regarding an individual having to pass a drug test in order to withdraw money or other tasks and incentives built in to help motivate the beneficiary you were worried about. So let's go back to Mary. Let's say now John, instead of being in and out of prison, has an addiction to painkillers. While he is in recovery right now, he's had some slip-ups and Mary is worried about what will happen when she dies. In this scenario, I would draft an estate plan that places John's portion into a general needs trust. That way, the money would be available to John, but he must ask the trustee, Mary's daughter Jane, for distributions. If Jane does not feel that this distribution is for John's health, education, maintenance, or support, she cannot distribute that money to John. If John progresses and does well in his recovery, then Jane may distribute John's share to him when he asks. And though if you change your mind, again, you absolutely must execute a new will or trust. As I said before, telling your family or friends is not enough. It has to be in writing and done through the proper legal channels. So if anything that I said resonated with you, I invite you to come see me and let's talk this out and see what is best for you. There's no one size fits all estate plan and we're here to make one tailored for you and your needs. So stop in and see us. And for awesome listeners of this episode, we have a special discount for the first five listeners to mention Let the Record Show by giving them 10% off of their estate plan. And that's it. Remember, if you have any questions about this topic or anything regarding estate planning, probate, or more, you can visit our website, civialaw.com, for our blog and more resources. I'm Kelly Mize, attorney at Civia Law, where we help you through life's transitions. The information you obtain in this podcast or on our site is not, nor is it intended to be, legal advice. You should consult an attorney for advice regarding your individual situation. We invite you to contact us and welcome your calls, letters, and electronic mail. Contacting us does not create an attorney-client relationship. Please do not send any confidential information to us until such time as an attorney-client relationship has been established.